Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshot podcast. I'm your host Rich Polly and joining me today is fiddling with his strings, Ben Hibbert. <laughs> Hello. Are you proud of Hello, me not swearing, Tim? Are you sure he's not playing with his banjo? <laughs> I haven't got one, I got to get it removed. I think it's about the only stringed instrument that he doesn't have. Um, <laughs> that's not true. He just owns lots of guitars. Um, no, anyway, also joining us. We've actually got lots of instruments. My wife's got a harp and a cello as well. And you've also got a bell because you're a bell end. Hey. I mean, that's not um, a stringed instrument, so it shows what an idiot you are. Well, whatever. You just said instruments you. anyway. Um, also joining us, he can't keep quiet. It's Liam Baker. Hey, check that out. I mean, you're witty. Literally, if all of your best jokes are when you don't say anything, I'm here for that. I just wish wish you would think about you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I was quite proud of that. I was like, I'm just not going to speak. This will get him. (laughs) You just have to keep talking over, Rich. Sooner or later, he stops if you don't stop. That's basically true. Mm, I know. Uh, also rattling around in the background is producer Tim. Um, he might come on and talk to us, correct us about something at some point. Um, so we've got a little bit of stuff to talk about today. We've got um, the store championships coming up, um, or sorry, that have happened in the last kind of week or so. Um, we've had at least one in the uh, UK and a handful in the US that we're going to talk about. Um, again, we're only going to focus on ones that have had over 16 players. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about the Nickel City X-Wing Draft League that Three of the four of us are in. Um, and then we've got our Sith Taker Store Championships. Well, not the Sith Taker Store Championships, the Element Game Store Championships um, coming up this weekend, which um, at least two people on the podcast are playing in, maybe more. Um, we'll have to figure that out when we get closer because five days before isn't close enough. Um, and then, yeah, probably just a little bit of general chat um, about some bits and bobs. Um I did mention at the end of last week that I had some questions um, that I wanted to ask the lads about to some stuff that I've been finding myself recently struggling in my own game. Um, so we'll see how how well we do for time once we've rattled through um, a few of the kind of PSAs to do with store championships and whatnot um, before we jump onto that. So um, we'll start with store championships because this is the this is the fast bit. Um, oh, wait, no. First of all, I have to do a genuine, sincere and heartfelt apology to Ertzi from Team Scotland uh, from uh, the Belgian event that we talked about last weekend because he is not Spanish. He is He's from Basque. the Basque region of Spain and he hates the Spanish government. So I am genuinely sorry. I did not realise, um, and I apologise profusely for the number of times that um, I accused you brutally of being Spanish. So um, to any of our Spanish listeners, I personally have nothing against the Spanish, um, but Ertzi does. So um, I'm going to apologise. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't know where the place he's from. <laughs> what, what an apology that is, Rich. I'm really sorry what? I called you that. And then you put a target on his back. Well, no, it's fine. I'm it's not really Spanish. It's kind of upsetting for him. I'm, I'm, I'm just, try, I'm just trying to reignite the whole, you know, Spanish civil war. It's fine. It's been, been a few weeks since they've had a bit of a, a tiff. Oh, so let's I'm go. Surprised the Irishman being all into civil wars. I, I mean, if there's one thing we do well, it's having a fight with your man down the road because his eyes are a bit closer together than yours. Um, <laughs> so apparently, that's how you can spot them. 
Um, fun fun anyway. facts. Loose, loose use the term fun, but uh, there was a DNS <laughs> test done in my family household. It turns out I'm 1% Basque. Nice. You can tell Wait, from my... Is that, is, that Basque as in the, is that Basque as in the region from the Iberian Peninsula, or is that Basque as in a item of lingerie worn by women? Uh, the I'd Spanish like to see Liam in one of them. But, <laughs> that um, would be hilarious. I will admit I'm more built like a basking shark, so... <laughs> but a snuggly one. Yeah. yeah. Basking sharks are snuggly. They're, they're, they're genuinely little snuggly things. <laughs> Tim, Tim's, just, Tim's just posted the DNA test result was from Bath. So... <laughs> Right, um, we're going to talk a little bit about some store championships that happen. We're going to start on the one that happened in the Dyselin because uh, most of our listeners are from uh, the UK. Um, so that seems like where we'll get some interest. Um, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people from the 186 um, who went, um, plus a host of other people whose names you'll recognize from across the size who play X-Wing. Um, some very, very good, uh, good players here. So congratulations. Uh, on the lead-in to Cormac Higgins, uh, who won uh, using drum roll. Uh, no, not really a drum roll. Uh, Han, Han, Han Fen Keo Luke. Let's go. Oh, um, Cormac, I can't believe you turned your back on the Republic. What kind of a sick, twisted individual are you? I think there's the... Oh, wait, no, I'm lying. It's Han Bodica Hera Luke. So it's uh, Ollie's version of those four ships. I just saw the silhouettes unroll better. Um, so um, it's the one that Ollie was running, I think. Let me just oh, check. Oh, Ollie, sure Ollie also went um, 4 0. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in Swiss, um, Ollie went 4 0, um, but dropped. Um, Cormac went 4 0. They were the two undefeated players. Um, and then uh, there was a bunch of uh, three and ones, uh, no draws in the entire tournament, which is nice. Um, so definitely not any intentional draws. Um, we play all our games here in the UK. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot of rebels, a lot of falcons. Um, we've got uh, a hand chopper list, uh, which is Ed Gold. We've talked about it before. He's got an arc in there as well, which is nice to see. We've got. Um, Bunch I of arcs in the booth. Furious George. I don't know oh, who yeah. it is, but I like the name. Yeah, Furious he George went three and one. If he doesn't dress up as a monkey, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> like George of the Jungle. No, look, Curious George. I was, oh, yeah. I was I was with you. I was with you. At um, least one of us was. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's been a lot of um lot of Falcons, um a lot of uh, kind of um kind of what we expect to see from tournaments. So um, second place, watch your leader um, was uh, Vader with um, with bombers, uh, Vader and uh, three bombers and Juno Eclipse. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, a bunch of interesting lists. Uh, well done to Cormac. Um, as I said, him and Ollie went 4-0 and then uh, Cormac beat out the bombers in the fin- on final table. Um, uh, top four. Four, I think. Yeah, beat out the bombers on final table. Um, so, uh, congratulations to uh, the four who ended up in cut watcher leader Elliot. I guess that's Elliot Waits, um, Furious George, and, uh, and Cormac. Um, and yeah, it's on roll better tournament six twenty. Anything catch your eye there, lads? I'm just having a quick gander through now. 
Honestly, I, I, I admire Ed Gold. The fact that he's taking, I think it's Nora Wexley, who's an absolute mm-hmm. tank and just survives. Uh, like I've said many a time before, the Arc 170 is one of my favourite ships in X-Wing, just because of how it looks. Uh, <laughs> obviously, ch- Chopper in the Ghost. He's got a lot of firepower, and it, it's a scary list to come across, and he's not doing too badly with it. Yeah, he's doing all right. Um, yeah, so three and one, but missed out on cut on his strength of schedule, just wasn't um, as high as the other lads. Um, I mean, I'm loving Elliot's hit cut riding the Separatists. I'm going to fly what I want train of Darth Maul and an infiltrator, Dirge, General Grievous in a Belbelub, and Diz T81 um, in, in a tri fighter. Is he the one who re rolls for fun for stress and strain and stuff? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a bunch of cool stuff um, in Elliot's list as well. Um, it's good to see Separatists um, getting up there. Um, so, yeah. Someone, um, Chris Scott, is flying Cavill. As soon as they see Cavill, I have respect for someone. <laughs> I love Cavill. You were like, there's a scum list. What's in that scum list? Oh, it's got Cavill. Yes. Yeah. What actually t- tempted me to look was the Hawk. I wanted to see what Hawk it was. And then I saw Cavill. I was like, oh. It's got to be Dace Arm, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got um, Moldy Crow. So he gets the front arc and the focus yeah. storing. So he's he's definitely worth taking. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing anything there that surprises me. I think Elliot's list is the most surprising thing that's finished reasonably high um, in the tournament. Um, I wouldn't expect to see that. Um, the kind of the the Falcon Falcon Fang A Wing X Wing um, list is a fairly known quantity now, and Ollie and Cormac are both very very good players. So I'm interested to see that they've both used the the Bodegahera version rather than the Fen Keel version. But yeah, it's still still good. Still uh, disappointing to see Cormac turn his back on him. Yeah, I urge <laughs> It's going to give me a challenge is the um, uh, for the XTC coming up for Team Ireland because Cormac's always my nailed on. You're going to fly Republic, right, Cormac? And if he's sw- switching off to Rebels, that um, that'll give me a headache. Um, but it's a good to headache. Fair, to have. It, it shows how good he is because he's been. Like crippling himself with that list um rap faction for ages and still doing well. <laughs> I mean, I think the Republic Swarm, the like the seven ship Republic Swarm of Padme that he was flying is a really good list, but it takes a lot of practice and you're always gonna get dissatisfaction from opponents because if you're flying seven ships and they're flying six, you're gonna win on turn four and that'll be all of the turns that you've got. And they're gonna be like, Oh, I had no way to beat that swarm because I only had four turns and it's like yeah, man, sorry, <laughs> but, you know, you had six ships, I had seven. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, well, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, like, I know Cormac plays fairly fast um, as well, yeah. but it's just one of those things where you're moving 13 ships and then that kind of turn three where everything just crashes into each other um, and it's hideous. is uh, a bit rough. Um, I've seen Cormac flying a swarm and have his dials down before the person flying like four ships. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can never complain about him doing that. No, absolutely not. Um, all right, we'll jump on to the next one, um, which was the Battleground Saugus X-wing Store Championships, which is in North America East. I don't know where it is. Um, which so one, sorry, mate. 
it's the Battleground Sogus. It's uh, on roll better at six nine five. Uh, so, because I'm such a fat get, I read it as Battleground Sausage. <laughs> Battleground <laughs> Sausage. Yeah. Uh, so this was won by uh, if you've hung around on X-wing discords for any period of time, you will have come across Maui. Um, so Mike, uh, oh, his surnames escapes me briefly, but uh, Maui is uh, was the like primary judge of all the Hexile tournaments and he's uh you know judges a lot of online stuff is a very very solid player as well uh, so he's won this he went four and oh um and has won his invite they didn't do cut so um they got a clean break uh, there was only 15 players in it but um yeah they've they've played four clean rounds uh, and he won using resistance so 4070s and zori i suspect is that why because you wouldn't use any of the other yep. ones um yeah it's very similar to the list andy cameron flew in the uh the dice limo. Yeah, it's one of the two things that resistance really have really good strength with at the moment. Um, I would actually probably three things, but the other two are variants of Falcon plus some other ships. So mm. they're almost replicating that rebel list, but without Bistan's double tap. So um, yeah, it's a really strong list. Like it's genuinely is a really strong list. Um, and Maui's a very strong player. So well done yeah. to him. Uh, anything else in that one catch your eyes? I was just looking at Maui's list. One second. Have you uh, seen anything, Liam? No, oh, not no, really. Even the Separatist in second. <sighs> There's a uh, five ship Separatist, Liam. Also, totally off subject, but I found I've got a uh, a Lego Nantex. I just forgot I had it. I found it in the loft. <laughs> Can I have it? No, because I don't like you. So that was an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, we got there. Lipson's Lipson's Babies List, Sun Dirge, General Grievous, DBS 404, and DGS 047 in the gunship with Kalani. That's the key. So the droid I one like is the it. target lock guy, isn't he? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I like it, but I think I'm just a bit burned out with Separatists at the moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been smacking my head <laughs> against the brick wall, and I've probably had rough matchups and stuff, and I've seen how well Don's been doing with it. And... I haven't been putting the time in. To be fair, Dom's so, had some bad games, like some that have just... Yeah, it feels like Dom at the moment him, you know has, I mean? has experienced what I've been experiencing, uh, but he's been putting the time in, so I feel like because of the time I'm putting into the game at the moment, it's probably best I stay off them until I can dedicate a decent amount of time. So as much as I like the list... I have this internal bias where I despise it because I know I wouldn't be able to get it work pro- working properly. Have you tried not being rubbish? Yeah, but it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. I've been trying all my life, don't worry about it. <laughs> right, I'm right. a perpetual top four person in Sith Takers, so... <laughs> Wait, well, which one is the open? Yeah, the last three. Top, yeah. top four. Def- can't, definitely. can't get any better though, can you? That means you've not got any better for three years. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, I was just relieved that I managed to get top four in the new edition. <laughs> I'm, I'm reasonably the amount we drank, to be honest with you. I'm, yeah. I'm reasonably confident there's quite a few people listening who would, you know, give their left nut to be um like top four and anything over about kind of fifty people, or maybe anything under fifty <laughs> people. So, you know. Um don't do yourself down, Mike. Um, we'll move on to the next one. Well done to Maui again, to, to Mike. Um, we'll move on to the next one. We've got Austin, Texas, Dragon's Lair in Austin, Texas. Um, so uh, it was won by 
somebody whose role better handle is Chung Chung. I don't know who that is. Uh, Flying First Order. Um, they've did they win or did they top Swiss? Yeah, they won. No, they, oh, they can never understand this. Final. Yes. Uh, so uh, no, he lost. So it was won by probably somebody called Adam Sloan. Sorry, Adam. Um, it, I mean, I assume it's Adam because it's ADM. Oh, that could, that could be Admiral Sloan. Oh. I hate this. I don't so even much. know what you're looking at to be honest. I haven't got so, the link. Right, so. it's a it's a it's a store championship. It's number three ninety seven on uh, Roll Better. Um, cool. Just so, I can't be asked finding it. So it was won by uh, somebody called uh, Admiral Sloan. Um, not Adam, might be uh, flying be Adam. Tomax Bren uh, in a bomber. Uh, with Satsalvo Barrage Rockets, a bomblet generator. Rare Admiral Shiranu with uh, Ruthless Vader. Oh, wow, Vader. That means no Vader in his list other than his crew on rack. Death Troopers, Agile Gunner, Electronic Baffle and Dauntless. And then five Black Squadron Ace TIE Fighter generics. Wow. That so was the winning list. That was the winning list. Now, this oh, wow. is a list where I can guarantee you 100% nobody had practiced against this list. <laughs> <laughs> and they think, just went, what the it's, what? <laughs> it's interesting to see, though, that a lot of people are dropping down now to just the one bomber um, yeah. and filling the points with other things. Yeah. This interests me because you've got a 10 points of TIE Swarm, which is single modded but effective at blocking things up. Then you've got Rack and Tomax punching stuff. Um, Rack loves anything that's blocked as well. Yep, Rack loves blocked stuff because he then suddenly has Death Troopers. They're not clearing their stress. That means they've got no action next turn. That means Darth awesome. Vader is starting to pile damage into that tokenless <laughs> ship. And yeah. he's not bothered with, because he's got, what's it? Um, Dauntless. Yeah. And I love, I love the Decimator. It's such a yeah. big old bad boy. Yeah, Dauntless and 16 health, so he can just pile into the back of people and he does not care one drop. Did you say so, add um, Ruthless on it as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So guaranteed three hits between his ability and Ruthless and all them TIE fighters. It's all good. Um, so, like, I'm impressed by that. That's an, like, and I'm, I'm amazed that it's won, um, but I can see how it's won because there's a lot of kind of fairly meta looking stuff creeping around the top end of this tournament um so you know you've got the the bombers um with the reaper you've got you know the the bombers with just decimator you've got the clone kind of five ship things with um well there's one there with a sneaky little lat in as well you know you've got the fo kind of five ship although again that looks interesting that was the list that came second um was chung chung's which is um has got uh gideon hask in the z-class shuttle um, with Terex on as well. So there's some quite interesting lists in this one. Um, I do miss yeah. that little Mallory Swarm me and Liam used to fly. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, that was fun. The good old me days when swarming fractions could swarm. Anyway, that's... We into each other first round. That was <laughs> the most casual game we've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so that's Austin, Texas. Uh, then there is Huzzah Hobbies in Northeast America in Virginia, um, which has had oh, quite the uh, quite the high-powered top end of this. Um, so um, it went. We had uh, Duncan Howard uh, won with uh, 
separatists, two fire sprays, and uh, so Django, Zam, and Dirge. Um, so Duncan's won a store championship with that. Um, I believe that it went top four and then cut, uh, but they had an intentional draw. So Duncan has won his first three games and then drawn with Paul Heaver, who came fourth, so got knocked out and cut. Um, so they were both 3-0, and so they've guaranteed themselves cut by uh, by drawing. So um, it's the same people that we see doing draws in America, like a joke about it, but there's a, a small group of people at the top end of American tournaments who just are like, I'm here to win and I want to win and I'll maximize my chances of winning by not having to play the last game that might knock me out of cut if I lose it. Um, so, yeah, I hate it. But that's I mean, what it is I'll be honest. Moment. I don't particularly like it, but I would do the same if I was yeah. there to try and win. Like, you, why would you jeopardize like taking a loss and not getting in? Yeah, it disappoints me because I play the game to have fun and to play against people and to enjoy myself having fun. I won't have fun sitting not playing the game if I go to a tournament to play some games of X Wing. Um, like, I. But that said, if I was three and zero and I was trying to get a store champion uh, uh, an invite to Worlds. Um, then I would possibly be like, yeah, should we just draw? And then we can play off and cut again, you know, to my opponent and go and have yeah. a beer. I suppose it depends who, who my opponent is in the in the fourth game as well. Um, like if I've been paired down, that person's going to just say like, no. <laughs> no yeah, because yeah. if, I, if I beat you, I've got a chance um, sort of thing. But yeah, anyway. Um, so Duncan's won with that separatist list. Um, second place was somebody called Snoogans. Uh, who looks to have um, decided to run uh, a variation, uh, although slightly less Heritani, um, of uh, Hera A-Wing, Sabine, Benthic Two-Tubes with Perceptive and Jyn Erso, um, so no Leia, um, but gets Jin on there as well. Um, Bodica uh, in the Fang Fighter to provide that double tap or Biggs effect, and then Luke, uh, Battle of Yavin. So that's an interesting kind of... Um, almost combo list between the Han lists we've seen where we've taken Han out of this and replaced uh, Han with Sabine and Benthic um, to provide more action economy to the other ships. So, uh, yeah, quite like it. Because um, there's nothing worse for people to look at than a focus evaded Bodica with another focus slash evade sitting on Hera that can be used for anybody. Disagree. Um, it's the open mouth of the rebel player. <laughs> well, when you smash That's just how they breathe. <laughs> oh, Liam. Rude. <laughs> Rude. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to Duncan for winning, I don't know, like his fifth store championship or something. I'm guessing that it passed down a little bit there. Um... So yeah, um, and then the last one that we're going to talk through uh, was from Knoxville. Uh, there were uh, apparently 16 players. Oh no, there were 16 players. Uh, they played four rounds, uh, no cut, and it was won by... Uh, so this was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was won by, I think, somebody called Chris Knox. No, it wasn't. He came last. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> maybe he's not. Maybe he's not a real person. Maybe he was filling in the game so that it went up to sixteen. 
because there was there was uh, sixteen players and three of them dropped within two games. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's carry on and stop talking about that. Uh, so it was won by Jared Jared Miller, um, who won with uh, uh, our list, which we don't know what it is um, because they're not. Uh, unhidden in Knoxville. So well done, Jared, for winning, and we'll stop talking about that now. Right, that's store championships. We'll move on to NCX. So Nickel City X Wing. Um, Have we missed? Did we miss two then? Did you did miss we? that misty Probably. mountains? Oh uh, uh, yeah, Alic- Alicant. Which one? Oh, Chile. What do you call him? Uh, Alicant, isn't it? Oh yeah, because <laughs> I just looked through the long. Sh- I-, I looked through the, the real better ones, not the long shanks ones. Um, Tim keeps us right. Uh, so Misty Mountain, I did skip out on, which was on. Uh, so this was in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it was won by very, very deep. deep. It's quite. <sighs> so you got two, um, the two arcs. You got Oddball and Wolf, and you got seven B Mace and seven B Anakin. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so nice he went four and zero. Yeah, so well done, Buried Deep. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that I kind of look at it and go, right, okay, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, there's a very clear meta forming um, at the minute. Although uh, that Buried Deep one is nice to see because that's different. That's a different Rebel. Uh, sorry, Republic take, which is always good. Um, and then Chile. Had Alicatan, I think. I'll, I'm going to stick with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, they had 19 players. Um, top of Swiss was um, JP Gonzalez, um, and he was flying Rebels. Uh, so he was flying Han, um, Fen, Luke, and Wedge. Uh, so Wedge instead of Keel in that A Wing slot, which is always nice. Um, see a little bit of variety. Um, he was the player who went uh, 4-0, um, so well done to him. Uh, sorry, them, because I don't know if it's boy or girl. Uh, but the event was won by Martin Tapia, uh, Flying the Republic, um, and his list was, uh, oh, shortcut, Paul Heaver's list. Um, so ETA Anakin, uh, Siege of Coruscant, Padme with Proton Torps and Passives, and then Jagod Bullwolf. Um, in the arcs, so uh, it turns out that that in this instance in Chile, um, the arcs did beat out the hand list. So there we go. Right, thanks, Ben. Thanks for catching me up on that one. I was being neglectful of our South American <laughs> brethren. Um, I can't claim credit. It was totally Timmy who pointed them out. I just happened to open them. Yeah. Ready to wait, so I knew what we're talking about. <laughs> um, it's all good. Uh, so um, NCX, so Nickel City X-Wing, i going to say they are based in Buffalo, maybe? Um, I don't know what the Nickel City is. A, a quick Google will tell me. Um, but you have Greg... to explain this to me as well, because I'm totally confused. Right, okay. So Nickel City is... Um, uh, an X-Wing channel that started up kind of during... Um, covid um and it kind of ran it it runs late night kind of thing it's not a um it's not like uk times so like greg starts casting um at i don't know like 
11 p.m. or like 10 p.m. UK time, something like that. So it tends to be um, like for night owls or but more usually it's a, a lot of us people who'll be on it um nickel city is buffalo in new york so new york state buffalo um so um greg started this up and he started up a league with this is now i think season five or four um and he started up a league basically to just get people to come and play on his stream because he was struggling to get people in version 2.5 to actually uh sorry at, at all to come and play on his stream um and so he started up this league and it's it's a draft league. So um they do what's called a snake draft, uh, which is where the captains determine an order in which they're gonna pick players. And then whoever picks first picks their first choice player and assign them a faction. Then the second, third, fourth, fifth, and all the way down until all the captains have picked somebody. Then whichever captain picks the last player in that first round picks the first player in round two. And then you go back up. So if you've got five captains, captain five gets to pick player five and six. Captain one gets to pick players one and ten. So if you get to pick first, you get to pick the best in inverted commas player or your first choice. But then everybody else will get to pick two before you get to pick your second player. And that's the theory. Um, so basically a bunch of like myself, Liam and Tim and a whole bunch of other people from various Tonton servers and Steel City, like Tom Veal from Steel City is uh, is one of the captains. Um, loads and loads and loads of people from Europe signed up for this one because it, it got big. Um, so Kester Smith from Steel City is the MVP two times because he's the only player or one of only two players, I think, who haven't lost a game. So he was the first draft pick this year, like um, Andre... Um, Paris, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago um, from New Zealand, he uh, he picked Kester first draft pick, and he'd done some trading, so he got picks one and two. I don't understand how it works entirely, but uh, so he his first first two choices were Kester because he's MVP of the league, and um, Ollie Pocknell, who won something one time. Um, so he got some fairly good high picks. So anyway, we all got picked apart from Ben because he doesn't play online because his laptop's a potato. Um, <laughs> Liam got Sorry, picked man. in draft. <laughs> Liam got picked in draft round one, didn't you, Liam? We all we'll know you love the potatoes, mate. I'm the potato king. I'm a connoisseur. <laughs> so, Liam, tell us what what team did you get picked into, and what faction were you picked to fly? Uh, I was picked into the Rave Crabs. The Rave Crabs, nice. Yeah, by Lou the Lunatic, and is 100 a reference to a. PC crab fighting game where it's crabs with pistols just shooting each other and stuff. It's great fun. Um, so yeah, and I got picked into FO because Lou the Lunatic listens to the podcast, what a guy, and heard I was giving up on separatists. So he didn't didn't pick you into your favourite faction because you just wanted to not fly it for a bit. Yeah, That's I nice basically felt validated as a podcaster and a person. And it's been a while. Okay. Um, Tim, I'm going to give you some forewarning so you can come off mute in the nine different screens that you need to come off mute in so you're able to talk. Um, what uh, what team did you get picked onto and what faction did you get chosen to, to, to fly? I, uh, I got picked for the loveliest faction because I got picked by Team Canada. Team Canada. So Andrew Oler picked you. <clears throat> yep. Uh, his first pick was Cam Murray because they're best friends and inseparable. And also Cam's... A very good player, as we know from Worlds and online. 
Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I was... Uh, so I actually dumbed down my uh, my draft card um, and tried to keep it a bit sort of... A bit on the, the sort of the down low, knowing that there were some Tonton captains and that potentially I'd go as a lower pick and obviously make a stronger team, hopefully. Um, so I went in the second round. I was um, so the way the snake worked. I think I was like pick twenty three or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so you were a couple uh, a couple before me. Yeah. I, I, I went, yeah. Early early in the second round. Um, yeah. And yes, um, it's nice when you sort of watch the actual streaming back. And uh, obviously, there's a few captains that I, I must have been on their draft board as such because. Uh, obviously, I'm pretty much a Republic player at the moment, although I'll throw my hand at anything. Um, but I must have been penciled in for a few few teams' plans. So I guess Andrew probably picked me because he didn't want me to sort of go to another team. So that's quite nice. To, uh, very, very interesting. It's a very American thing, you know, this the whole drafting. I mean, I am I, I, I played in drafts before um, in, like, fantasy football and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it was very interesting to be part of and seeing who goes where. Um, and I guess, it, yeah, the thing that yeah certainly confused us, it was always trading of picks. Um, yeah. But then tactically, I can see the advantage because like, cause it's a seven-player team, it's not necessarily like your good players, it's how deep your sort of your bench goes as such. Um, yeah. so, so there is advantage to possibly taking more mid-picks and getting more average players. Than maybe some real strong players and some slightly weaker players, maybe or yeah, not so, so much weaker uh, players. I guess I guess it's perhaps weaker players on not their preferred factions as well. Yeah, I think that's the that that's the thing where it gets interesting is because the deeper you get into the draft, the more you're looking for a strong player who you know will be able to just do a job for you with a faction. Like I think of the teams, I think like. I'm going to say 75% and leave it at that, but it was around about three quarters of the team captains picked their faction as scum so that they wouldn't have to draft somebody into scum because they know that nobody wants to fly scum at the minute. Um, but a couple of captains were like, no, I'm not using scum. I'm using my favorite faction and because I can pick up a scum player you know, somewhere else who can do a job for me um, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting like for me watching the draft that a lot of the early picks were euros of different sorts and there were a few european players who were very very good who were like left in until like late round two or like early round three um i'm trying to think um andreas carlson who's one of the swedish players who is amazingly good at x-wing and has been playing online since god was a boy like he knows tts backwards and forwards and he's really really good i think he got picked up at the very start of round three and a couple of the captains were like I thought I assumed he'd gone. Like, why is he still there? <laughs> and it was like, but it was like a really, really odd because it was um, Greg was kind of going. I have no idea who these people are. I, I don't know who they are. You're all telling me they're good. Fine. Yeah, but right then, next, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> it. so there, there were there was even ones that Greg knew, but other other captains didn't. Because I know someone yeah. said, because uh, um, you know, some obviously Andrew picked me. There was a lot of moaning from other captains in in some ways they wanted it, and then you just hear one voice, and I won't name names, but one voice just goes, "I don't even know who he is." Yeah, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing about. I think at one point, a lot of times people just kind of went, "Well, it would pay to do your homework or something like that." A couple of times, um, you know, and it was always like people moaning, going like when somebody got picked towards the end of round two or three, and they were like, "Oh man, I wanted him," and 
people would just be like, you've had four picks already. If you wanted him, you could have picked him. Yeah. What, you, know, you can't really complain sort of thing. Um, but I think a lot of the, yeah, it was interesting. Um, so I, I got picked like, I can't remember, like 27th or something. So I was fairly happy with that um, to fly in the Mon Calamari Seafood. Oh, what was your, what's your team name? Because the team names are all cool, Tim. What's your team name? Uh, I am Order 66, which as uh, a probably clone trooper uh, only uh squadron or, or list uh seems quite appropriate thumbnail. yeah so <laughs> so yeah i'm in the mon calamari seafood consortium um so uh my captain is nick miller who i didn't know before but he seems like a solid guy i've had a couple of chats with nick him via miller, nick miller he's a stone cold killer okay <laughs> um, a new goal reference. But, but here's the here's the fun bit here's the fun bit i got drafted into first order so there was a, a moment. It's hilarious. There was a moment on Twitch chat where um, he went, he went, Rich, Paul, yeah, um, and like a, you know, a few people went, oh yeah, yeah, um, and you know, Greg was like, I don't know who that is, and you know, and then he went into first order, and a couple of captains just went, what, like verbally, and Twitch chat just went, him what? Are you sure? Like this? It turns out there's been some kind of administrative error either between me or Greg or somebody, but basically at some point when we've been clicking on buttons to say what our favourite factions were, I've been trying to say the factions I definitely don't want are these two, and the factions I do want are these three, and it somehow ended up transposed, and basically the two factions I definitely don't want came up as my second and third choice factions, so it was like first choice resistance, second choice first order, third choice scum, and I was like, no, they're my sixth and seventh choices, they're the ones I really don't want to be flying. Um, so anyway, it is what it is, I've ended up drafted into first order, um, so it's going to be fun, um, and I'm going to be Five. kind of, well, I, you know, I'm going to ask you guys a little bit, and I kind of do it now, like, how do you do first order? Like, is it just five straight and then focus and murder stuff, or is it like I'm you know? Flying, I've, I've flown a few games and I've tried to use Kylo, and he's died really easily. Which, in both which of them. Kylo? Whisper Kylo. Oh, you can't really. You kind of bring him in once all this it all happens. I've figured. I've figured that out. You need to. Yeah, like, you need to. He just comes in and says, "You're not having tokens." Yeah, but like, but he will get murdered if you bring him in at the open and engage. So you need to hang him back and then bring him in afterwards. Um, so after a couple of games of losing him early, I've kind of figured that out. Um, I'm using Von Reg, who's a lot of fun. Um, Von Reg's I, quite hard. Yeah, in, nice. in that you have to get used to you have to get used to the it's the barrel roll before the boost. Yeah, I'm okay with that because of um, A wings. So. Like he's he's yeah. very a wing he's very a wing dial, but he can do one banks, which is really nice. Like he's got he can slow roll, he can rattle really fast, but he he can slow roll as well. Um, and those blue one hards are really nice. Um, on the dice calculator, well, I think taking the deplete to have the target lock and the focus is better than just a focus or a target lock on three dice. I'm yeah. sure someone told me that. I can't remember if I'm right though. Yeah, so taking it, I mean, because you've also got like Magpulse missiles on the build I've got, you know, you've got a Magpulse missile. So yeah. if you're shooting at something that's got low agility, you can take a deplete to have a target lock focus Magpulse missile into the low agility ship to, you know, jam deplete it and all that. I mean, I was playing a game against, um, oh, my brain's gone blank. Um, I was playing a game last night anyway, um, and <laughs> I just kept shooting um, Magpulse missiles into things so that had locks and like 
I was depleting Bosk. That's what it was doing. It was Joe Churchman. Um, I was uh, kept, just kept depleting Bosk. I mean, he absolutely smashed me because he killed Kylo in the first engage with Fen Rao. Because um, <laughs> that's where I figured out that Kylo doesn't like being at range one of Fen, even if Fen has no tokens. Because sometimes I don't think Fen... anybody likes to be at range one of Fen, Rich. That was a really I mean, stupid thing to do. I jammed him and I thought, I'll probably give up half, but I've got three dice i've got brilliant evasion you know all sorts of stuff like i'll be fine and i i rolled two blanks and one paint and he rolled i think four but he had two crits in there and i was just like right and one of them was a direct hit and i was just like okay fine sad game over but let's play it out and see how i can do with the other ships um and it would have been a lot closer if it had kylo not dead what, what else yeah. is new list rich you got vom red kylo le hughes yeah he's a target with- like one isn't he yeah, with barrage yeah. rockets, so you probably don't need the target lock, but you can steal it. I had Omega Leader, sorry, Midnight yeah, as yeah. well, but I'm not sure if that's well. You've got three choices for the three else. point, haven't you? Yeah, and you've then got I had Scott, the the strain one. I can't remember. Yes, yeah. I didn't even have them. I had um, who did I have? Malarus. Malarus, yeah. yeah. Um, so Malarus is the first choice one. So I had Malarus, and then I had. Uh, like I've been I've been fiddling about with them, but I'm reading a lot of first order lists and it's there's like I think seven or eight pieces and I think the decision is really whether you want to try and take a silencer or not. Like and if yeah, you want yeah. to take a silencer, do you want to take Kylo in the silencer? Um or do you want to take, you know, Blackout or, you know, one of the other ones that's a bit cheaper. Um yeah, it's I mean there's a lot of interesting pieces, but it's extended, so I can use Upsalons as well, which is yeah bit of fun and it's one of the cool things nick's kind of said i don't care if we win or lose as long as you're having fun and our opponents are having fun and nobody's complaining to me about the fact that you're you know cheating or being really salty all the time about stuff mm. so um i mean grudge is still good too yeah so I I got, grudge. Uh, yeah grudge with um electro chaff grudge the bomber with yeah. electro chaff missiles is, is still a, a really valid piece um and probably good so i think the, the weird thing about ncx is that there is like an encouragement that you'll fly multiple different factions and lists and like you know you'll like your list isn't locked your faction is so the way that the pairing works is there's a home like it's all split into divisions and conferences in a very american way that i don't entirely understand but basically if you're playing at home your captain sets the pairings and the scenarios and you can put a scenario I think he can play a scenario twice in a round. So, like, I think the theory is that the away captain says, I'm going to give you my rebel player. And then your captain says, okay, I'm going to pair my resistance player into your rebel player, and they're going to be playing chance engagement. And so the, the home player, the away player picks the order in which the pairings happen, and the home player picks what the pairings are the agency for the away player is that you bench one player each week. So you could just never play, um, or more likely you'll get benched once um, or maybe twice. Um, And yeah, it's like, you don't know who that eighth player is going to be, who's not going to get put forward. So um, there's a little bit of agency. Um, Although hilariously, even though the home player sets all of the pairings and all of the scenarios and everything like that, Hilariously, apparently there's a massive weight to the away teams winning most rounds um, for some reason. Like, yeah, no expectation. Home teams are expected to win. Ah, well, we'll just beat them anyway. So, (laughs) so yeah. 
So I've got no first order ships, so I can't practice in real life. So I'm basically getting as many TTS games with first order variances as I can. So I can just understand how the pieces interact with each other. Because literally, I have never used a first order ship since version one. When they weren't first order, they were just a different little bit of Imperial. So, <laughs> yeah, good. Good, though. I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, are you uh, are you settled in on anything, Liam, or are you just kind of waiting to see your pairings and what scenarios you're in before you, you build an FO list? Uh, so in my builder right now, I've got four FO lists, three of which I know I'm competent with. Yeah. And then there's one I'm looking at and going, this this has got to be all right. Surely. Do you want me to go through it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, on. so it's Gideon Hask in the Z Shuttle with Attack Officer, General Hooks, Proud Tradition, Pattern Analyzer, Biohex, and Marksmanship. And so basically the entire point of this shuttle is to coordinate. That's literally it. But with Attack Officer and General Hooks, I can coordinate up to three of the same chassis as long as they take a stress. Yeah but nothing is below initiative four, so I can dictate that myself. Uh, and then I've got Whirlwind with the Jamming Suite, Optics, Cluster Missiles, Fanatical and Marksmanship, you know, the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Midnight, Malarus, Gaelic and Null, so I've got four TIFOs. Uh, Midnight, Tradition Swarm Tactics, Malarus, obviously Cluster Missiles, Gaelic with a HLC and a Proud Tradition and null with swarm tactics. So I'll be firing off twice at I-7 and twice at I-6. Uh, and that, I should have three ships right at the front, all folks evaded. But this is all theory. <laughs> which is the big, big asterisk on the list. Yeah, I, I, tried, right. I, I tried that... Um... That one that Steve Bolton and Dale and a few other people have done well with, with the like ninety-seven shots at I six with two sets of or like Clusters. multiple cluster missiles and everybody shooting at six with two lots of swarm tactics and Rask goes first so has you know fourteen focuses or whatever it is all the nonsense that's happening and it's just like right I can see that this is an incredible alpha but you need to fly your absolute pants off every game to get that alpha off and they have to let you like they have to put their ships together so that you so, can you know, maximize it yes and no like i took a rendition of that list to bristol mm-hmm. and i went three and one and i lost my game because i was a total sausage and i was against han which the two combined means it's an auto loss yeah um but i can't like I don't know if it's because I've got experience with the lists in different degrees, so not that list exactly, but experience with the ships. And I'm fairly decent when it comes to the mechanics of the game. Yeah. It felt quite easy to get everything off. Maybe I'm just a loser. I wouldn't go that far. I'm <laughs> decent. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. So, yeah, um, I mean, that's the... That that's Nickel City. Um, we'll we'll do some um updates and things as we go. Um, about how it's going. Um, but you know, from what everybody said, it was a lot of fun. Certainly, watching the draft was a lot of fun. A lot of the captains were doing like bits, so they were like, you know, Andrew Lippins. I've never seen that man looking so handsome in all my life. Was wearing you know uh 
Star Wars baseball cap. He's grown out a beard, sunglasses. He's basically done like a Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonation, and he's like chugging beers and you know giving a little bit of uh, a little bit of a bit into the mic as he's you know building up his next his next pick and all this kind of stuff. And I think one of the teams like the Milk something. Like they were standing there, like dressed up like Miami Vice in white suits and Hawaiian shirts with the sleeves rolled up on the suits and, you know, doing all of this stuff, like, um, like just standing in the background looking a bit weird and menacing. And like Lou Wilkie, who we've mentioned before, had those rave sunglasses with like LEDs in the frames. Like he had them on because he's in the rave crabs. And, you know, uh, my captain, Nick, was he's very calm, very quiet, but just Bob Ross in it. He was painting a watercolor in the background and just turned around, made his draft pick. Then turned back around and said, "And this is a happy little tree just for you." And everybody was like, "I, I didn't know what was going on a lot of the time." There were some people taking it seriously, and there were some people clearly just having a lot of fun and making it a bit more entertaining. So, because it could have just been two hours of people reading out names, but it, in the end, it was faster than that. So, it was dead good. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll go on through that. Um, next thing to talk about: Sith Taker Store Championships this weekend. Ben, are you going? Cool. Sign up Liam, you're going. I am, yeah. I don't really know what I'm taking yet. I just know it's not Seps. Cool. Um, and then I might be going, but uh, I'm not sure because it's my daughter's birthday literally tomorrow at time of recording. Um, so I don't know if my wife's going to have something planned for us to do next weekend, but looking at but, things we're doing tomorrow and for the rest of the week, because we're all off work this week. Um, I think I might be able to just say on like Friday night, can I go over to Element tomorrow and play X-Wing um, and see if I can get away with it? So, <laughs> um, Just ask her now, and when she says no, kick a door and go, I'll fix that if you let me go. <laughs> Well, I did I did two tip runs today. Here here comes the middle-aged man segment of the podcast. So if anybody wants to skip forward a couple of minutes, crack on. Um but uh and I dug out. We had this old uh, flower bed that had a couple of big kind of shrubs in it. And they were mostly like kind of half dead apart from one of them that was huge and it became apparent why because its roots had gone everywhere nothing else could could grow. So we're going to turn it into a little raised vegetable bed just outside in the back garden. Um so I've done that. I've done a whole bunch of like garden cleaning and clearing as well today as doing that. And I've done a couple of tip runs and basically sorted out half of the garage, uh, which is always good. So I'm in fairly good shape for, for the old brownie points at the minute. But um, I'm also conscious of the fact that uh, I don't want to just completely abandon her with the kids for an entire day if she had something. Um, so I have to just wait and see. I won't leave it until the Friday to ask. I'll I'll ask probably tomorrow or tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I might be there. Um, and if I do go, I'll have no idea what I'll be flying. Um, Rich, well, you have to go because I'm having a tough time. Yeah, I know, but um, Ben's there to give you a little huggle, even though uh, hug, Ben 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 hugging you is a bit weird because you know. His head is at kind of waist height, and it all gets I know a bit it's, it's sexual assault at that spot, at that point. And he's just giving you an innocent hug, but yet, and he's not Literally even here to defend called. himself. <laughs> what did you say that? I heard you insulting me, but my child come to say hello, so I don't know what you'd say. We were just saying that when you give Liam hugs, it's a little bit inappropriate because of the height difference. Is it, um, is, is it because of the clear sexual tension between us? 
the clear sexual tension and your head is at waist height on Liam. That's so. why we like it. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a loose use of the word we. <laughs> um, cool. Um, so, yeah, Sith Takers, um, as, as I'll, of I'll be today, there as well. Thanks for asking, Rich. I was just about to mention. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to bring you over stuff. Um, so, as of today, I believe there are 22 tickets out of the 32 sold. So, it is literally um, heading into single figures remaining territory because I think they, they had a 32 uh, limit on it. So, uh, if you are wanting to go and you've not bought a ticket and you're listening to this, then it's a good time to pick one up. Um, and as Tim mentioned earlier, get yourself signed up on Long Shanks because when I looked um, earlier on today, there was only about seven or eight people signed up on it. So um, we were getting a bit worried that there wasn't going to be a store champs worth of people, but there is. So uh, that's good. And doubtless we'll get the winner on next week because um, it'll be one of us, won't it, lads? Oh, assuming I have a list to fly, yes. <laughs> we'll we'll sort you out with something, Tim. We'll sort you I'm out. I'm holiday next well, week, what, I'm afraid. Well, whilst we've been chatting, I've been uh, placing orders on Element Games' website and Amazon, so I'm getting a few bits, and then I've just put a shopping list into our, our club chat, basically saying, these are things I need to borrow. <laughs> like, I could probably field a rebel list without having to borrow much, uh, but I don't feel like, you know, we've already had one person leave the Republic, uh, you know, this month. Some of us need yeah. to stay, stay true. I can, uh, I can, if if I can come, I can sort you out with that stuff. And I'm pretty sure Ben can, as long as he's not packing it all for moving house. Yeah, I think David's um, replied as well. Like, you know, it should be fine. Um, I mean, thankfully, well, I mean, if I can borrow the Siege of Coruscant cards, which should be easy, obviously they're all standard loadouts. So that's like half my list sorted. Yeah. Yeah, poor Tim left his um, X-Wing bag on a train in Belgium and it has not been returned uh, as yet. So while we're still hoping it will be, uh, we are um, having to take matters to get you. If it gets returned now, you're just going to have like nine arcs and 43 V-Wings and it'll be hilarious because you get to run some proper meme lists. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, mean, funnily enough, I did actually buy the third V-Wing when I was trying out the Padme like six ship, seven ship list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually have a spare V wing, which is good. So, um, cool. but no, I've had a few people offer to like help replace stuff or, or lend me stuff. So uh, Craig Reed is being um, an absolute star and bringing me up a care package of some bits and bobs. Uh, I know the clubs offered to help me out with a spare template tray. Um, Neil's deter has offered to um, uh, kindly replace one of the ships as well um so thanks to nils for that um so yeah yeah it's i mean it's my own fault um uh, i freely admit but i will certainly um pay that on at some point or if my stuff turns up then i, I will absolutely anything that i get uh given will either be returned to those people or i will find some way of paying that out uh if people are replacing things that have been lost if they could supply me with a will to live that would be absolutely lit <laughs> Oh bless you! Right, <laughs> this is it. Like um, you, you'll get on the tabletop, you'll suddenly beat a load of people up with FO, and then you'll be buzzing again. As long as I'm handing out orange tokens, I really don't care. Just what this just is wa- for you. Walking around the hall and just being like handing them out. You have a like, yell. Yeah, just pop Kylo down and go. You have a jam, and you. I'll be like Oprah. 
Oh, I had the uh, I had the first um, opportunity. It was against a slightly newer player this week. Of somebody went, I'm going to hondo, and I went right. And he said, I'm going to hondo. I'm going to jam that ship. And he was like targeting me, and he said, "I'm going to jam that ship." And I was like, "Right, okay, whatever." And he said, "And then I'm going to coordinate that one a barrel roll to the left." And I was like, "No, you're not." And he was like, "Yeah, I am." I was like, "You're going to coordinate that ship, and then I'm going to take a target lock." And he was like, "What? No, I get to pick." I was like, "No." He was like, "Oh, can I change which ship I'm coordinating?" I was like, "Of course you can." <laughs> he was like, "I'll coordinate this one over here that's stressed." I was like, "There you go, sensible choice. Well done." <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it's always funny that the handing out of orange tokens I was just reminded me of Hondo um, and the what we all thought was busted when it was like, wait, can you tell them that they have to barrel roll in front of a rock? It was like, yeah, no, you can't do that. Sad. Um, cool. So we might all be there. It might be three of us. We'll see. Um, I'll be making an appearance at some point, um, if not only to give Tim some stuff and to show my face and wander about. But um, whether I get to come over and play or not, I don't know. Um, but I hope hopefully i will so we'll see cool uh right um so i wanted to ask and here's a here's a thing and i would appreciate input from all three of you on this i have noticed that when i am playing in games of x-wing i am reasonable at turn zero and at getting a turn zero that it's at best neutral for me and often good for me i am good in the first couple of turns of getting a good first engagement normally unless i'm flying falcons i still work it on that um but i'm so surprised I, you're not good with this i'm terrible um but i've i've realized that my mid game is awful genuinely bad and i lose games in mid game like i just find myself down on objectives or down on kill points or down on both chasing the wrong thing i don't even know what it is that's wrong i just realized that i feel like i'm up I feel like I'm winning. I feel like I'm doing really well. And then suddenly we're on turn six and I'm four points behind and I've got two ships and they've got four and I've got no, I've got no win condition and the game's over. And I'm like, oh man, what happened? So do, you ever, uh, do you ever change your game plan mid-game? I usually change my game plan turn one when I, I set everything up and then do something different to what I thought I was going to do when I set everything up. Um, but... Uh, no no like i don't know like i I don't know I, like and i'm interested to hear like what you think about like how you play through the mid game not like necessarily turn zero and, and like gen like creating the first engagement that works for your list that you want i think i'm okay with that like figuring out yeah. what's the optimal first engagement for my list I'm i'm okay with that um it's it's the bit after that where i just seem to make bad decisions and so, yeah, i can't I- Go on, carry on. No, you go. You go. I, I was just gonna say, I always find that the the sort of the mid games where you decide which way of the plan you were going. You know, are you down or ahead? Um, has has your initial plan is is it working? Like, because you can sort of spot when when you sort of your plan's not going the way you wanted it to, and that's when mm-hmm. you have to start deciding to maybe make that riskier move or go for that, like the bobber, for example. Say say you're behind, you think, right, well, I've got to try and kill that bobber now. Or, you know, those sort of ideas. Or if you're ahead, you can can play the safer moves, maybe. Yeah, like, 
I just don't like I don't know whether it's at the moment because I'm not engaged with the game as much um, as I was and I'm playing games, but I don't care about the outcome. I think it's probably the easiest way to, to put it because I'm not playing competitively at the moment. All of my games are casual. Um, whether I'm just kind of going, yeah, I'm just going to push ships across. And if I win, I win. And if I lose, I lose. And I don't really care. I'm not bothered. Um, like that I don't apply that much mental energy to kind of the middle turns of the game. I don't even apply mental energy to the end turns of the game sometimes, but like I just kind of go, yeah, I'm just going to turn my ships around. I'm going to do a weak turn, do a bit of this, bit of that. You know, <laughs> like it just feels like it just feels like I'm just kind of doing the next most obvious thing for each ship, even if it's not something that will help me win the game. Like we always talk to guests and we talk and they always talk about, you know, be aware of your win conditions, be aware of what you need to do to advance your win conditions and all that kind of stuff. And I think that might be it. Like in mid game, I just kind of go, yeah, I'll see what happens in turn six and then I'll figure out if I can win or not. (laughs) Um, As opposed to figuring out in turn two, what I need to have happened by turn six to make sure that I can win kind of thing. Um, I know. What what do you think, Liam? Have you got kind of a a mid game thing? Uh, So after the first engagement, that's where I'd kind of take more a bit more time trying to identify what's happened in the first engagement. Can I push my advantage towards killing ships or am I in a good position to start looking at the objectives? Mm -hmm. If my opponent's in a bad spot positionally, that's when I will then start to just start hitting things. Because if you've got to take a turn to reset and I don't, then that's free real estate when it comes to points. I will just start taking your ships off and that makes the objective game harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is because of the way 2.5 is, you can't just go, I'm doing this. You do have to be a little more fluid in your approach. So it's identifying when to swap. Uh, a good example of this was the Sith Taker Open top four game against Tom. I took mm-hmm. like three shields off a... Uh, Boba, and it was just just a chance thing. I didn't really, I was never going to try and commit to him, but I'd taken three shields off, and I could have put all three ships into, all four of my ships into Boba that round, the ne- the following round, sorry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't because I stuck to my game plan, which was, oh, I'll try and focus on Rook, which didn't work either. But I had an opportunity, and I just failed to adapt and really give the respect to the opportunity that I should have. So it is, mm-hmm. you need to look at your board, board position and see what is most valuable to you. Uh, if your opponent can't stop you from taking objectives, do that. Uh, but if you can really buckle down and start putting some damage in, then that will help you in the objective game later. But it is all to do with the positioning of everything. If you're facing the wrong mm-hmm. way, you're in a bad spot already and it's probably game. Yeah. I might have gone on okay. too long there. No, no, I, I like I get what you mean. It's um, and and you've both kind of touched on being fluid with your game plan because I think possibly my thing is that I think right, I'm going to pick up this crate with that person, or I'm going to you know have this ship over here picking up that objective or doing something, um, and then I'm going to engage in, and then I'm going to have a turn where we trade something, um, and then beyond that, I don't really have a plan for what comes next, and I think that's. Possibly, as I identified myself, the the point where I kind of go, 
where I need to apply more mental thought into what is my win condition from this point? Like, how do I get ahead of my opponent? What's the score? Um, rather than just being like, oh, well, I'll see what happens. Um, what it a, might be. A good sort of guide point is 10 points objective, 10 points of ships. That's that's how yeah. I try and, try and look at things. Is it's, it's a rough guide. Obviously, sometimes that's not the case, but it, it's, yeah. it's a good sort of starting point. And then mid-game, you can see where you're at and maybe change. You know, maybe as well as that. Remembering, go on. No, no, it's fine. I was saying remembering the race to eleven because the uh, there was the hexiled gaming race to eleven, the eleven point magic number. Um, the first first player to get eleven points is probably going to win the game. Um, it's like if you're watching the cricket and you see the win predictor on the 100, um, it's that kind of thing. It's like as soon as somebody hits 11 points, it's like, yeah, probably going to win. Um, I think it depends that's... how close the other person is, though. I don't think yeah. that's true. I think it was the thing that one of the people, I can't remember who it was on Hexile, just said, just pointed out and then started counting it. And they realized that it was like it was very 80% common. of the time. Like it was, and it was usually because the person who hits 11 points has then got the snowball and yeah. it started to build um so um have you got anything tim that i mean to add yeah for, for me it's not so much the sort of mid game it's more the late game like the last third so the mid game for me is normally where i'm sort of hopefully killing stuff and I mean, yeah i can win or lose it but that's normally on dice and variants and and also mods and positioning um but what i have done occasionally is i've thrown away uh, wins to draws or losses because uh, maybe I haven't quite calculated the win condition correctly. Um, so that's something I've been mm-hmm. trying to work on a bit more is being aware of like uh, how far I'm ahead and or behind and knowing like what's on the board, what can I kill, what can I claim. Um, so yeah, um, that was something that annoyed me for a little bit about, I'd say about a year ago maybe. It was maybe maybe sort of nine months ago, uh, where I just like thrown away a couple of games, um, all because um, I didn't actually appreciate. Perhaps I was ahead, and I should have just run away or or, or played defensively. And actually, I ended up throwing away a ship. Or like, and even then, like some of it was unlikely things, but but I still didn't need to take those risks as actually I was ahead. Um, so yeah, it's just. I think, um, yeah, just no, that probably goes the same for you, like you say, for you in the mid game is perhaps understanding the state of the game and where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So applying more mental energy to the game at the point where I often feel like I'm losing it will yeah. hopefully help me to um, to start converting what should be wins into wins rather than watching them slip away out to losses so yeah i mean you know there is a lot of variance in the mid game as well because also you are playing against another person but it's little things like maybe considering um like are you are you in front or are you behind um you know what points you might be able to kill um Mm -hmm. and then maybe just thinking about where 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 are ships moving to um and it's not so much where the ships are this turn or maybe next turn it's like where will they be the turn after? Because um, that's something I have found with my Republic list is because the arcs, although they've got the K turn, um, you know they they don't turn obviously as well as the smaller ships. So making mm-hmm. making sure that um, I'm planning a, a couple of turns ahead, but what direction I'm flying? 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, it reminds me of something. I think it was Tom Reed when we talked to him about it and we asked him, you know, the, the questions that we used to ask and we haven't for a while of people, um, you know, to kind of say, you know, how do you think about the game every turn, you know, when, when you pick up your dials at the start of every planning phase? Um, and he said that slightly differently to a lot of the other kind of high-level players, he said that his first thought is, what's the worst thing that can happen to my ships this turn? Um, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I won forward here and everything two hearts round and that ship gets obliterated. So I, I can do anything other than that one forward because that's going to put that ship in a death trap. Um, that was his mentality. His, his mentality was always about preserving, not about gaining. So he just wanted to preserve points through that early attritional phase. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to talk to him about 2.5 because that was a version 2 conversation about whether that's changed his mind. But um I suspect it hasn't because that feels like, you know, a, an overall strategy. Um, but yeah, okay, thank you. Um, we'll see how it goes um, next couple of times you get to play games. Um, as I said, I'm hoping to get down on Saturday. I'm, I'm missing Tuesday, so that's more more uh, fuel for the fire of me getting to come on Saturday. So, oh, but I've missed the last two Tuesdays through sickness and birthdays, so I'd love to go. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, right, um, I think we're pretty much done um, for today so i'm going to start wrapping up um seasoned listeners will know that this could then take anything between 30 seconds and about 12 hours so <laughs> strap in um have any of you got anything else that you wanted to touch on or have i forgotten about anything that silence I, is golden. i finally got rid of all my 1.0 stuff yesterday oh i'm proud of you man mm, it's taken me a long time did it hurt well, honestly, yeah, it was a bit sad. Um, I had some good times with some of that stuff. Just like looking at things, like, oh, that was great. That did you did you keep a token a token copy of Twin Laser Turret? No, I, I nearly kept things. And I thought, what? Why am I keeping it? I'm never going to use it. But I did keep um, a system open um, damage deck. Yeah, I've still got what, a Boba Fett system open damage deck. What was so interesting that- is um, I also found. The my, the first time I ever came to Element is Emma bought me a ticket to come to one of the events, and I I didn't really want to go because I was a bit antisocial at the time, uh-huh. um, and I wasn't really enjoying being around people at the time. But she kind of bought it me and sort of pressured me to go, and like I've made so many friends from it now. It was just like it was a nice little thing to find. Oh, lovely. Yeah, you friends. didn't expect stoppiness from me, did you? <laughs> I know, but I li- like how you use the word friends as people that you tolerate. It's, uh... <laughs> no, I have made genuine friends from X-Wing. Uh-oh. There's people in X-Wing I talk to more than people I've known a long time. Bless you. Mm. Thank you. I'm getting all nostalgic for Twin Laser Turrets now. No, no. Um, <laughs> it, I'm I'm gonna... tokens. <laughs> Harpoons are wholesome. Adding in a bit. Adding uh, in a bit. Gonna... It's fine. I was <laughs> going to interject and say I did get rid of my 1.0 stuff years ago. And there's one thing I regret getting rid of, rid of is the Boba Fett damage deck. <laughs> See, I've kept mine. Yeah, I've got one. So I want to keep it. Well, I want to get one and then uh, just slip all of those into the back of the current damage deck. I believe that's what um, Jack used to do. Yeah, he did. Yeah, a lot of people did he it. He made like a huge, thick damage deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't fit in any of the damage deck holders. i tell you what I did things. see, though. Um, the original damage deck, one of the crits was you basically lost your uh, talent. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you've got no talent now, Bob. Come. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, blinded pilot used to be you just don't shoot next yeah, to Yeah, there, there was some ruthless stuff in there. Yeah, uh, it was brutal. Like, And there was two damage decks, if you remember, because there was That's the one I mean. that came out originally, and then there was the Force Awakens one as well. Um, and, but you could legally use either, but nobody used the original one because it was dreadfully bad. Well, if you were flying a, a sort of a, a generic swarm, it could be quite a tactical decision to take the original damage deck because some of the crits didn't do anything to you. Yeah, because it was all it, all targeted at named pilots that yeah. didn't get affected by it. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from 1.0, I just thought it was, it was nice to see those things. Yeah, I gave all of my stuff to a friend who basically said, I'm not upgrading to version 2, so I'll take it. And I just gave him all my cardboard and was like, I don't care. But I know he's moved house at least once since then, so I suspect it's probably ended up in landfill or recycling. <laughs> um, which, to be honest, is fine. If it ends up in recycling, it's not a problem. Mine went in the recycling. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, Tim, did you have anything else? Um, no, I, th- I think I've covered everything I need to say. Um, so no, I think it will be uh, looking forward to the event this weekend. Uh, I am on call, which will be awkward if I if I do well and then get a phone call. But um, yeah. Best- so what you're saying is, if I meet you in the final, I just need to phone in. Well, no, I'll just say best of luck if you're in hospital. I need <laughs> I need medical gases on Saturday evening. It's just, um, oh. he just needs to go down and kick the robots. He'll be back in time for the end. I'll, I'll, be fine, I'll, no, it's fine. I'll just send thoughts and prayers and, you know. <laughs> Which in and of itself is better than the American medical system. So let's go. Ooh, um, bitch. <laughs> oh, no, man. Um, some of the uh, some of the people in Nickel City are doing a, a fundraiser at the minute for, like, one of the guy's uh, kids has had, like, um, carcinoma that is in remission but the drugs and the treatment and the surgery are really expensive and now they have to save up the money because their insurance doesn't cover for it and it's basically like it's heartbreaking because it's literally like in the uk you know it's in remission cool you keep going you get all of the treatment that you need your your kid is you know cancer free and in america or it's heartbreaking because it's like so if you can find fifty thousand dollars then you can have the treatment that will cure your child if you can't Sorry. Oh, yeah. Land of the whatever. I don't know. Sorry, American listeners. I don't want to bring up bad things, but like socialized healthcare is just almost like a must have in any organized society and they just don't have it. And it, yeah, it's probably the reason I'll never, ever, ever, ever want to move to America. Like genuinely thought about it a couple of times. Like, you know, would we want to if we got the opportunity to emigrate? And I think healthcare is just the primary reason for a big fat no on that one. But. Anyway, oh, it all went a bit serious there. Right, I'm going to go off and play a game of X-Wing against Connor Holmes, so that's going to be fun. You got all serious before I could tell a joke and then just felt bad for wanting to tell the joke. No, it's too late. Tell tell a joke, Liam. Cheer us all up. Go on, cheer us all up. It was a joke about the the healthcare system and now you put a serious (laughs) system. You ruined it. (laughs) Well, just save it for next week and then uh, then I can can use the, the phrase that Tim was like, didn't record me saying pre-podcast, um, which he's like, no, I want to use that. Oh. So You can say it now, and then Tim can edit it so it comes just before. <laughs> yeah, but if I, if, I, if I say it now, then Liam has to tell us his inappropriate joke, and it'll feel, it, it'll feel bad times. So we'll save it for another day. 
Um, and I want to I save Tim editing. It's the only reason I curb my language now. <laughs> oh, for the first time in a long time, I've had to just turn off a YouTube channel because the F-bomb was being dropped and my six-year-old, soon-to-be seven-year-old was sitting watching it, completely oblivious because she's too young. She, she didn't pick up on it at all. But my, my nine-year-old was just looking at me and like reaching for the remote control because he knew what was coming. And I was just like, ah, yes, mate. Yeah, you probably want to turn it off, that guy. And he was like, yeah. Until he was like, why? Why, daddy? And I was like, never you worry. If you didn't notice, I don't want to draw attention to it. But we're just going to turn it off before it happens again. And that she was like, is it rude words, daddy? I was like, yes, yes, it's rude words. <laughs> I, don't want you, I don't want you using those words. Cause you're Did he ask you which ones? What, Freddie? Yeah, it was like, which words are rude? Oh no, he knows. He knows, oh, but he okay. also follows the rules. He knows he's not allowed to use those words or watch shows with them in. So as soon as he hears those words in TV shows, he picks up the remote and turns them off because that's what good parenting leads to. Willow well, does that while we're there. But if she <laughs> thinks we're not watching her, she'll leave it on. <laughs> She'll be crafty. That's good yeah. parenting. And I pop Raising... in and I'm like, what, what have you just done there? <laughs> <laughs> Watching crafty... Raising crafty children is probably better than um, raising uh, raising compliant children, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say um, on this one. Um, I can teach you some bad words if you want. <laughs> <laughs> like first year at university all over again, all the foreign students. And it's like, yeah, how many languages can you swear in? Well, before my first, before Freshers' Week, none. Now, six. Let's go. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, we'll chat to, uh, we'll talk through the Sith Taker uh, Element Games Store Championships next week. Um, we'll hopefully talk to the winner, um, even if it's not one of us. I'm in Cyprus. Um, okay. Um, uh, and on that note, it'll be goodbye from me and goodbye from Ben. Bye. And goodbye from Liam. Doodles. And I'm going to say goodbye from Tim and hope he's still not on mute. Goodbye. Oh, there he is. All right, cheers, everyone. <laughs> cheers, everyone, for listening. Bye bye. Toodles, 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 toodles.